this has been a pretty successful week for me in terms of movie watching. I think I'm back in my swing of things here. I got a lot of new things, a lot of old things. Um, We also reached some peaks. We also reached some valleys this week. I'm not going to go into those just yet. I'm going to go into a movie that kind of hit right in the middle. And I'm going to talk about uh, The Color Purple, which hit Peacock. Um, No. What did it Max. hit? Max. It hit Max last week. Um, Completely I, unceremoniously. Yeah. Nobody said anything about it, talked about it at all. I mean, to be honest, no one's really talking about this movie, like, period, which is kind of strange to me. Or has talked about this movie. Yeah. Um, it like, got a little bit of buzz around the awards season, but uh, not as much as you'd like. Um, this movie is really, really strange. There have been some critics that I really respect having kind of a visceral negative reaction to this movie, which I did not Mm. necessarily have, although I can kind of see where it's coming from. Um, Mm. this is a period piece takes place in the early 1900s. It's about, uh, this woman named Celie who is played by Fantasia Barino, who is a black woman who it's basically like documenting her life from when she was a young girl up until she's in her like later years. And the movie is kind of about how life just beats this woman up for like 50 years. And Mm. the weird thing about it is the fact that this is a musical, like full force musical, like every 10 minutes, not even every five minutes, there is a full on song break with a musical number, dance number. And that's what really, that's what I struggled with with this film because Mm. the subject matter is dire. It is dark. It is about this woman who is abused, who is beaten, who is just like really, really had the worst luck pretty much imaginable. And then every five minutes it breaks into like this song number that feels like it doesn't belong because it's like, oh, wow, this horrendous thing just happened. Okay, two, three, four. Okay, here we go. Let's sing about it. Let's sing about it and dance about it. And it's like, and yes, the the lyrics are very pointed to be like, this is, you know, it's not, everything's hunky-dory, but the tonality of it is like a fucking Disney musical. And you're just kind of Mm. sitting there like, what is going on? It threw me for a loop multiple times in this movie where I'm like, I'm getting into the character and then- It just breaks into a song that just takes me out of it completely, which I think is what people are rubbing up against. Um, I will say the performances are good overall. My problem is with the characters. The characters are kind of one note. Uh, Fantasia Mm. Brino's character is easily the most dynamic, as she should be because she's the lead. But then you have, you know, Coleman Domingo, who's been nominated, I think, twice for two different movies, and he's good in this, but he plays a very, very flat horrendous character that's only saving grace is because he thinks that god is punishing him so he's like well i better change my ways it's like well you're not actually feeling bad for anything you're just you're just like oh i need it my life's gonna be worse if i don't change um so it's a really strange movie Hmm. great set design great performances the music is good it just fell out of place to me so yeah I don't know where to Have put this. Have you ever this. seen the original? I actually haven't. This is my introduction, yeah. so I don't know if this I haven't is either, like a so I don't I, yeah. Faithful adaptation or, or what? I know it's been remade a couple times. Um, but it's worth checking out, you know? Uh Taraji P. Henson is great in it. Danielle Brooks is really, really good in it as well. It's just like, you know, it's just weird, man. I can see why yeah. people are rubbing up against it because I felt that in my like uh like in my body, I was like 
things are tearing me in <laughs> yeah, two different directions. Um, so yeah, the color purple, it's on Max right now. So definitely check it out. It's an Oscar contender. So you should yeah. watch it either way, but it's, it's, it's uh, weird. Danielle Brooks that's nominated, right? Yes. And, as supporting for that. Yes. And she's great. Um, it's her character and Coleman's characters feel almost caricature like, whereas mm. Fantasia Barino's Seely feels super grounded and real. So that's another reason where I'm like, I just think maybe the director didn't have a grasp on what they wanted this to be. Um, sure. Cause there's strong themes and strong vision here. They're just all over the place. So very strange, but yeah, Blitz Bazawule, I believe it's one mm-hmm. of his first like major, major works. So, um, but yeah, so the color purple, it's there. Check it out. It's on the Oscar list. So why not? Nice. Um, I will follow that up by saying uh, that I watched a movie this week based on your recommendation mm. um, called Copland, which I think oh, you yeah. talked about last week. Yeah, um, that was one of those things that like the your your description of it and like learning about this movie really kind of uh, w- sold me on it. And this was my Saturday morning watch. And this movie is incredible. It rocks. Um, <laughs> such a strange performance from F- Sylvester Stallone. Right. And what a cast pulled together in this. Like insane. It's such a strange thing. I want to know where Jam- James Mangle was in his career mm. in 1997 to pull this cast. Yeah. You know, because this is pre anything. You know, like this is pre Girl Interrupted. This is pre Walk the Line, pre right. Kate and Leopold, which is not like some, you know. This is like one of his first films um, and it's Stallone and Keitel and Leota and De Niro and Peter Berg was in there. I was not yeah. expecting um, Robert Patrick. And Robert Patrick. I'm like, how old is Robert Patrick? He looks like he's like 25 in this, but I'm like, you can't be that much younger than like Robert De Niro in this. But, I know. Um, really good. I was waiting for like a little bit more of a pace to it. Mm. Like there was there was a bit of a time where I was like, okay, like Stallone, what's his name there? It's uh, Freddy. Freddy. I'm like, Freddy, you got to like pick up on what I was like, I know this is where we're going with this script. Like, let's let's pick it up. But like, it's this is this is great. Um, I mean, like, I, I think I texted this to you, but like, it's amazing to me how much James Mangold is like kind of a slept on director yeah man like he's really good like mm-hmm. and all of his films are really good yeah and i did look him up on imdb and like all of his stuff he has like a thousand things in development but like yeah i feel like you don't hear that much of like oh james mangold james mangold james mangold like yeah but like you know he's got three four oscar winning films yeah and like he's given oscars to like multiple actors you know yeah because what walk the line had joaquin and and reese and Mm -hmm. girl interrupted gave us uh angelina's Mm -hmm. right i believe so ford versus ferrari that was Um, nominated logan was nominated for screenplay um yeah like he, you know, I mean, again, Indy Five is nominated this year. Like, yeah, he's it's, continues his reign. <laughs> it's so bizarre because I think if you ask the and what do I know, but if you ask the average like movie viewer, like name the top twenty five directors right now, 
25 maybe, but like top 15. We'll say. Sure, yeah. Like would James Mangold like make that? I don't think so. I don't think most people Not could name him. Not for a lot of people, him. but like they fucking should. He's great. He's a great, uh, steady. Uh, he did 310 to Yuma as well. Mm-hmm. He's a really consistent filmmaker. He did The Wolverine. Yeah. Which I had no idea. It's really weird looking through this and seeing how much work he's done with Hugh Jackman. I know. <laughs> you know, like it's it's bizarre, but um, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's uh and Copland is just like to bring it back to Copland. It's like it's a great it's a great scenes movie. It's a great line movie where you're just like I can I'll never not hear De Niro saying go to lunch. Go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We're yeah. finished. Go to lunch. He's throwing everything in the garden. Like it's just like everyone gets to cook except for Sly, but in his way, he kind of does cook because he's doing the thing that i love that he does in creed like he brings it back and i'm like yeah he's so fucking good as a subtle actor (laughs) it's it's he's it doesn't seem like he's like cooking but he's actually like he's doing a lot more than i think he's doing in a lot of things that he does these days where like it's just like yep here's my stallone like persona you know uh but this is like there's like a meekness to him which is really hard to get out of like a guy that's you know (laughs) huge and like yeah crazy yeah. great movie yeah really really good i'm glad you watched good it. good find <laughs> thank you i was like i don't know where i don't know where this came from but i was like you know what i'm gonna watch fucking copland right now um really good stuff uh one of the two movies i saw in theaters this week uh happened to be at the coolidge shout out the coolidge you always have the best movies i'm honestly bummed because tonight tonight being monday they are screening point break on 35 mil and i'm kind of bummed i'm like damn i mean it's it's already playing right now but i'm like god <laughs> That is a, that is an experience, but I checked out the Taste of Things, which was France's entry for the Oscars for this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, didn't get picked. Maybe if they had chosen an Anatomy of a Fall, that could have gotten picked. It probably would mm-hmm. have. Um, but this movie, directed by Tr- a man named Tron An Hung, uh, stars Juliette Binoche and Benoit Majumel, and is a story about f- just food. And it's these two chefs, one a famous chef living in like this mansion in i believe it's like the late 1800s and his live-in cook played by juliet um and it's the it's literally just a movie about their love for each other and their love of cooking and it is literally one of the most beautiful things i've seen Mm. in so long it is like perfectly paced it is sensual in the weirdest way because the way that he frames like the sequences of cooking mm-hmm. and i heard somebody on podcast say like it's a set piece and i'm like it is a set piece like it is not it is not like you think of the bear you think of burnt you think of these like boom 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 sure. it's not that it's like very melodic and you know sequential and you just feel these people have so much passion um for what they're doing in this art form that is cooking and it's you know it's a story that has tragedy in it but it's just a movie about love and loving what you do and loving each mm. other and the connection that people have to the world, to food, to themselves. Um, amazing performances by everybody involved. Beautiful cinematography that's just the camera's always moving. And, I, you know, sometimes you get Michael Bay when you do that. But sometimes <laughs> you get sure. this where it's just like, no, it makes sense why the camera's floating around and like always moving from one, you know, part of the of the ingredient mix to the next and watching them do every single piece of the puzzle. It's just like 
it's it is like an immaculately well made film that is beautifully told with a great story. Um, hmm. I don't know I don't know where this is playing if anybody can really find it, but like I was truly blown away by the taste of things. I'll say don't watch this on an empty stomach because is it is just course after course of some of the best looking food you can ever think of. Um, <laughs> but it's it's um it's easily one of my favorites of the year. It's funny because wow like going back I'm like ooh like my when I made my top 10 of the year list last year, like it's all fucked up now. Like, like in the last like month I've seen so many movies. I'm like, well, this is in my top 10. This is, I'm like, I'm like Barbie's getting pushed lower and lower these days. But, uh, it's, I don't know, man, the taste of things. If anyone gets a chance to check it out, it's really, really wonderful. Um, yeah. And just, just beautiful, beautifully made. Awesome. Oh, I'm going to have to put that. It's long. It's two and a half hours, but it's worth it. So, so is uh, Anatomy of a Fall. True. Both French films. And Yeah. Well, and also like Avatar was three and a half hours long. True. Killers of the uh, Flower Moon is three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Um, I feel like I've never felt a bigger snap going to the movie I'm going to go to now from, from where we just came to. Oh. But, um, but certain listeners may remember that I watched a movie called Rollerball a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um. From the 70s. Uh, and I went back and watched the 2002 version of Rollerball. Oh, no. Uh, which was one that I remember seeing trailers for when I was in high school. Uh, and directed by John McTiernan. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll start there. Um, you know, hashtag diehard. Yeah. Uh, Hunt for Red October. A literal legend. <laughs> literal legend. Um, this movie is bad. <laughs> This movie is like really bad. Oh, this God. movie has not. This movie feels like it has no script. Oh, Jesus. So the whole concept with this one. So the original rollerball is like it's this, you know, futuristic. This is all the sport that's left. Mm-hmm. Everything's corporations, etc. This is not that. Mm. It's trying to go for a similar kind of like, let's make a commentary thing. The commentary here is like weirdly kind of pertinent and like it's all about ratings and like what Mm. they're trying to do is like get more and more people to watch this show. And like it gets Mm. more and more extreme because they're trying to get more and more people to watch. And it's very much like, yeah, like get more people, get more. So like there's that. But that's about all it's got going for it. Like, oh, no. So Chris Klein is the main character, plays John the Cross, uh, Chris Klein of like American Pie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terrible in it. LL Cool J's in it and Rebecca Romaine is in it. And like, th- it's like a 90s fever dream. Mm. Like, you remember the original Daredevil with Ben Affleck? Yes. You remember how like dark and weirdly like metal that kind of is? Yeah. It's like that cranked up to 11 and then through the whole thing. Everybody's in leather. There's like, I'm partially sad that it's not like a great film because there is amazing cosplay to be had in this. But like, it's just so bad. The characters are like paper thin. Yeah. And I don't know what John McTiernan is going for it. The one thing I will say that was really fucking cool is there's about a four minute sequence that's shot entirely in night vision. Ooh. So like, 
all of this rollerball st- stuff takes place in like the former Soviet Union slash like Middle East. And it is like a weird little like maybe a little bit of a racist undertone to it. <laughs> sure. Like, there's like <laughs> enough to make me go. This feels weird. I feel weird about this. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They so they're like trying to escape and get back to America because America. Yay. Yeah. Um, this is also 2002, just post 9-11. Mm. Whatever. Uh, but like there's like, yeah, they try and escape and they escape at night. And it's Chris Klein and LL Cool J on the on a motorcycle going through just this black desert at like in pitch black. And it's all night vision. And it's kind of cool. OK. It goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, night vision does not have great quality. But right. He went for something there. Yeah, you know. something. Um, but y- yeah, Jean Renault is in this. What? <laughs> he's like the bad guy that's like okay. trying to. He's trying to get enough ratings to break into the North American market. Oh yeah, of course. And so like he keeps like killing people, and you're like, eh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know. This movie is bad. I like I'm. I could go on and on and be like, I don't know what I watched. It was one of those ones I was staring at. I was like. Okay, I like I I think right. I, it like tries to tie back to the original, mm. but in like the most like superficial ways. It's weird. I don't oh, know. God. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> I won't be. I still want to watch the original Rollerball, but that you should. That was pretty good. This, this one, uh... no. You should YouTube the the um the night vision scene just because that's the best part i'm like you know i can it's weird (laughs) i i just i've never seen anything shot in night vision before yeah you know so it's like a unique kind of thing to see yeah of course oh very strange (laughs) uh uh what did you watch you didn't rent that no it's on paramount okay i was like no it's on roku i watched it on roku oh my god does that have ads it does, but and I feel like I shouldn't put this out into the world. But my uh, ad block on my computer, oh, like blocked them. Took care of that. <laughs> I was like, nice. I kept like waiting. I was like, I guess there's an ad coming at some point. And then, oh my god. Okay, I was gonna say because you watched this with ads. That's that's intense. That's that's <laughs> that's insane. Um. All right. Well, I won't be checking out Rollerball 2002 John McTiernan version. <laughs> no. Um. No. Going right along on this freight train of awfulness, uh, I the other movie I went and saw this past week was Madam Web. I saw this in IMAX on opening night yeah. on Friday, um, and really I was like, you know, I didn't see Aquaman, I didn't see a lot of the movies that came, a lot of the superhero movies that came out because I'm like, I'm just not that interested anymore. There was something different about Madam Web that I was like, we know this is going to be bad, mm-hmm. so I just have to see how bad it was. Dear listener, this movie is one of the worst movies I've seen in probably 10 years. It is insane wow. that this movie got across the finish line at all because we know that they, you know, Warner Brothers and all of these other companies just scrap movies at, on a whim for tax yeah. write-offs and whatnot. Obviously, Sony clearly doesn't give a fuck because they're cranking out some stuff that is highly questionable. Sony's never getting let, letting go of that uh spider-man they they certainly are not um this is directed by sj clarkson who hasn't really done any other features she's a really prolific and to be quite honest amazing uh tv director who's worked on a you know a ton of projects that we love um but this is her first feature um i feel like it kind of gotten taken away from her a little bit throughout this process Mm. because i don't i feel like she would probably not be okay with this being put out. Um, stars Dakota Johnson as uh, Cassie Webb. 
uh, Cassandra Webb, aka Madam Webb, um, who I pretty much know the same amount about going in as I did coming out. I'm like, I still don't really know anything <laughs> about this character. Um, we also have Sydney Sweeney in here. We have Celeste O'Connor, Isabella Mar- Merced, Adam Scott is in here, Mike Epps is in this movie. And it is just a train wreck, dude. I don't. I really don't know. It's weird because I'm like, you have to watch this movie. Like you have to. Yeah. Uh, when it, as soon as it hits streaming, because it's a it's a superhero movie about Dakota Johnson who has powers, sort of, but we're still unsure of why and how. And her powers only work sometimes. And then the other girls just don't have power. It, it is like it's like a non prequel. It's weird. It's like a prequel to mm. these characters that we still don't know anything about and we're net mark my words we will never see any of these people again there's no way yeah i mean it's the editing makes you want to throw up it's so weird it's literally like they they jump the 180 line like nobody's business like when her powers kick in it turns into this like vision state but you can't tell because the editing is so bad you're like i don't know what's real and what's not dude it's it's just a mess i mean the last 10 minutes of this film I was looking at the people I was with and we we're like, is this really happening? This is an <laughs> SNL level thing. What's going oh, on right no. now. And then, you know, the ending frame is like, holy shit, dude, how did anyone let this hit a theater? This is embarrassing. Like this is like truly next level yeah. embarrassing. I like, I think Morbius is probably much, much better than this movie. I mean, it has That's to be a wild statement. Um, and you know, the other crazy thing, no post credit scene. No mid credit scene, no nothing. They're like, nothing. we're not Ooh. doing shit with this movie, so we're just going to... We sat through the whole <laughs> credits for nothing. That's when I knew this thing was completely dead. Um, yeah, this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a theater. Everyone in the theater was cracking up the whole time because of the line readings, because of how ridiculous it is, because it's clearly an ad for Pepsi the whole time, which makes no sense. Why? <laughs> I don't know why Pepsi is always showing up. Um, I feel really bad for all the girls, honestly. Because they all went to the premiere, and I'm like, I can't imagine sitting through this premiere. I just can't. And being like, the first time you see this film that was supposed to be like your shot at Marvel is like this. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just embarrassing. It's really just Mm -hmm. super. I had secondhand embarrassment. So, um, I don't know, man. Madam Web is like a one. It's a half star movie. I I gave it one star because I'm like, I had fun. You know, yeah. like I had That's fun. That's not nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a half star to zero star movie. Oh. It's crazy. Like Fast X is far and away, like way better than this movie. Like the flashlight mm. is fucking the Dark Knight compared well, to it's, like, I it's feel just... like the thing we have to start doing <laughs> is being like comparing these to, you know, the the 2000 whatever Fantastic Four, you know, or like oh, yeah. the original Daredevil or true like, Electra, you know, Electra. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where are we on that spectrum? Because it's like we're certainly nowhere near. Yeah, it's pretty close to Electra. It's it's pretty close. Um, That's horrible. which is not what you want. So, um, Madam Web, like hilarious. Go see, like honestly, like go see it, everyone. Like you'll have a great time. Um, yeah, when you It'll be find interesting the... to see where that lands on streaming. Yeah, because it's Sony. So like sometimes those go to like Paramount. Sometimes those yeah, get like Netflix. Some, sometimes they hit Netflix, but also it's a Spider Man. So like sometimes, like. Uh, Disney goes after those to like stream them. Like, I don't I think, think Venom is on Disney Plus. Yes, I might well, be making that up. But Morbius was on Netflix for a while, so I'm like, yeah, 
it's it's it honestly and i saw somebody say this on on twitter it's like this will be the ultimate like sleepover movie like this is like you gotta mm. see madam webb dude like it is next level insane um, it's weird like hearing that i'm like oh i'm kind of excited to watch it now which is like a whole weird y- yeah dude when this you... is gonna be one of those things that i feel like in like 25 years people are gonna come back around and be like oh my god have you seen like this if... like sleeper cult <laughs> I saw that comment about like the original Fantastic Four the other day, and I was like, "No, yeah, the movie's bad." <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, when you like pick up on the Spider-Man like Easter eggs in this, you will just mm-hmm. like fucking shake your head, man. Whoa. Like it is because they can't say anything about Spider-Man, but they allude <laughs> to it so hard. It is, um, yeah, this is something else. I've never experienced something like this. So, Madam Web. Two thumbs down. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I am going to wrap us up here um, with my uh, my Godzilla watch of Ooh. the week, um, which is not a Godzilla movie, um, oh. but is directed by Ashiro Honda, uh, who oh. has directed all these kind of things, yeah. and is a movie from 1957 called The Mysterians. Sure. Um, and I will start here saying I kind of love this movie. Okay. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. The Mysterians? So the concept is the Mysterians are an alien race uh, that has come to Earth because they destroyed their planet, which I think, if I'm understanding correctly, was like a planet between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. Um, like th- that is now the asteroid belt, I think is the concept. I don't know. The science oh. is weird. And it was 1957. So like, who knows? Hmm. Uh but the Mysterians have come to Earth uh, to try and just, like, survive. And they want to be pacifists and they're scientists. Um, but they also want to mate with human women. Ah. Um, because their race is going extinct. So they want to, like, they're coming for our women. Sure. Um, <laughs> and it's really bright and, like pop culture like the Mysterians themselves are I mean are just dudes in like outfits Mm -hmm. uh but they look kind of like angry birds like you should google like the Mysterians (laughs) 1957 um and just see what they look like yeah and it's like it starts out as a classic like Honda movie like monster movie and then yeah like takes this left turn and becomes what is essentially like a like a defend the castle game. Oh. Like the Mysterians are in their ship, which is stationary, and then like the people of Earth just keep throwing different attacks at them to try and destroy this thing. Okay. And it's like they send planes and they send tanks and then they start inv- like inventing other things. And it's this whole weird thing. Um there's some cool like commentary going on, which, you know, is, is pretty common in these I'm discovering. Um yeah. of pacifism versus science or science versus war etc all this kind of stuff yeah it's really weird because the mysterians show up and are like we don't want to fight you we're scientists oh and then humans go fuck you we're gonna shoot you and start attacking them (laughs) (laughs) and i'm kind of and then they like retaliate and are like a futuristic civilization that like so they can wipe out everyone yeah um yeah but i i kind of had a lot of fun with this um it's really interesting because I feel like one of the initiatives in this was to like try and figure out how to do 
on cell animation like paint Ooh, cells yeah because all of like the mysterians like lasers and like attack things and whatnot are all clearly like drawn on Ooh, yeah um and it becomes like a weird precursor in that like the scratches on the film get really intense right before an event starts because they like cut that piece out and colored right, on it and, and it got all scratched up and then yeah. it goes away and you're like Ooh, oh uh, i love that it's it's worth a watch it's weird as fuck yeah and i mean but it's like um i had a lot of fun with it and like it's one of those weird ones that i like i will recommend to people who are yeah. like looking for an obscure movie you know what i mean i'm like <laughs> if you want to watch a weird ass japanese movie from the late 50s check out the mysterious yeah because it, it's it's something um the uh, the guys with the helmets on is that the Mysterians? Those are the Mysterians. They look yes. like Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear to God, a Power like this might be a precursor to the Power Rangers. Like the Megazord too. I'm like, oh, this yeah. seems like there's a lot yeah. of inspiration here. Um, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So like this is <laughs> this is something. Yeah. Um, but like, rock and roll is your on there. Like, dude, he was going for you, stuff. Man. He was really going for stuff. I really respect the shit out of that. And I think that that's, I mean, it's funny too, because it's like, it seems like it's heavy sci-fi, whereas like, um, it's like Godzilla is not. Yeah. It just Which isn't. Is yeah, yeah, Um, That's it, really It cool. seems like he, he kind of did the couple Godzillas and then Rodan and then was like, I want to make a sci-fi movie. Yeah. And then, and then he, mysterious. here we go. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's streaming fantastic. on Criterion, absolutely worth the watch. Bomb. Um, I'm going to add it to my list right now on Criterion. The Mysterians. And short. It's only like 90 minutes long. Oh, dude. Love it. Hour it's one of those things that I'm like, I would love to like cosplay as these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like wander around like a Comic-Con or something like in this super obscure kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's the fucking Mysterians, bro. You never seen the Mysterians? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> 1957. Is there a sequel to that movie or anything? I don't think so. That's kind of crazy because that seems like it's ripe for that. Maybe not. Yes, it's weird. I I had that thought. I was like, could this be? Do I want a sequel to this right now? Because whereas like at the end of Rodan, I was like, I want Rodan right now, and I'm right. like, I don't know how you possibly translate this to now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and not even that it would be necessarily complicated, although it would be with the whole like we want your women. Yes. Um, but like, it's just so of its time. Yeah. Like it, like it bleeds what they thought the future was going to be like in yeah. 1957. Like you'd have um, to overhaul everything about it to even try and yeah. modernize it. Yeah. Oh wow, wow. And people would just say it's a Power Rangers knockoff. Right. It's like, well, so, no, it's actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the Mysterians. Um, Go watch this movie. I love it fantastic it's on my list right now